Welcome to the 293rd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on July 17th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who doesn't have a title because I didn't prep anything, Carlos Rodella. Hey, it's just me. It's just Carlos. Not just Carlos. It is Carlos. It not is. Just Carlos. I don't mean to, not like you're like not a big deal. You are a big deal. So it's it's Carlos, not just Carlos. We're both a big deal. Hello. Hey. I mean, we have a podcast for years. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> literally. It's kind of funny to say that, but literal years. Yes. Literally years. Oh, how you doing, sir? I'm okay. I've been better, you know? I've been sure. better, to be sure. honest. But the show must go on, even if... Uh, what's it called? The, the What's the postman say? The, post the postman office? rings twice? No. no. Oh, through, <laughs> <laughs> through rain and sleet and dark of night and yeah. dogs and heat and whatever, whatever the postman... And physical ailments should be out of yes. that for the podcast yes. world. The mail always gets... I, I ruined that phrase, but the, the mail always gets delivered bottom line and also does so video games so yeah nor what i think it's like nor like nor something yeah anyways all the uh, elements and things in the world and issues and stuff uh the podcast must go on it is going on and man i'm excited as hell to talk about our final game this episode i am excited to hear about it now uh folks if you're listening to this you're probably uh wondering what took us so goddamn long uh so apologies in advance we are releasing this episode later than usual not by a ton maybe like 24 maybe 48 hours uh later than usual because uh we are currently under embargo for the final game of the show which i will not reveal right now uh but we figured we were either going to hold off on it until next week or talk about it this week and just release the pod a little bit later and we we voted for that so uh, apologies if we kept you waiting if this is like your regular listen on a particular day you know you had to uh, jog with some other podcast or you had to go to work without our voices in your ear i apologize but i think it'll be worth it so yeah uh, i'm sorry part of that's my fault because i was like i have to talk about this (laughs) um yeah so let's go sometimes that makes the best podcast so i'm very excited to hear about it um we will get to that this mystery game uh that is on the tip of carlos's lips uh but before we do that we as per usual have to clean up the house messy house housekeeping going on folks as you know carlos and i share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape on my side. Just a couple of things on your side, Carlos. How's your side looking? Yeah, three or four things. Uh, Smaller boxes. One, I just want to mention that uh, a game I brought to the show a while ago, uh, remember it was like, I think the original title was Grand Theft Horse. Oh, yeah, Vandal is what the new title is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Well, um, I did enjoy that a lot, but they're making a new game, and they just announced it, and it's called Yet Another Fantasy Title. That's literally what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, too clever. Too, too clever. clever. But it's that same style, like kind of top down, three quarters view, GTA old school style. Um, also, I never we were talking about in the show, but Bard's Tale. Remember Bard's Tale? Oh, yeah. The old school one. Yeah. Well, the old school one. Then there was a new school there one. There was a remake. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that one was like, I think, you know, definitely more comedy and really focused on making fun of the idea of, again, RPGs. And I never finished it, but I did enjoy my time with it. And that's what this feels like. Like, Oh, I'm a warrior in a fantasy world. Here it goes, you know. So a lot of like tongue in cheek stuff. Man, you you know, I I love those when they pop, but boy, it's real easy to get those wrong, man. I don't know. Like best of luck to those folks because, you know, that kind of comedy is a touchy 
delicate right. thing. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it can fall into cringe like in two seconds. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. I had a really good time with that first one. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be able to do it. And also, the last one was pretty much similar to that, and the fact of the, the setting was pretty close. So, uh, anyway, check it out. Yet another fantasy title. Um, I also want to mention to you, um, I, we've never talked about it in the show, I don't think, but Midnight Suns. Oh, you know, we I think we mentioned it for like a hot second, um, and that is something I'm very interested in. But it seems like it's having problems in development right now. You got some, you got some scoop on it. I don't have scoop. I just want to bring it to the show, especially so it was on your radar. Uh, it comes out in October, though. The new release date is October. Okay. Okay. Um, so that I think is a solid date. And yeah, it's like Marvel, which you love your uh, quest, oh, yeah. puzzle quest adventure, oh, yeah. or whatever. And it's with like a card system, right? Yeah, it's like cards. It's also kind of tactical XCOM, yeah. at least from what I can tell. It's got Marvel, but it's also got the the darker side of Marvel. You know, Marvel. Uh, you know, I've been a comic book Marvel fan for many years. I love the movies, etc. I play Puzzle Quest, all that. And um, you know, there's there's many different flavors to marvel there's like the captain america bright sunshiny hero there's like the monster side there's the sci-fi side and this is going to focus on like more of the occult side so like heroes like um blade uh ghost rider um a couple of the people dr strange i think like the magical darker uh creepier side is what this is about so i'm i'm very excited for it i would love to play this but i think it's got pushed back a couple times and i i feel like what i've heard about it has been kind of rocky development but we Mm. will see i'm i'm still very excited for it yeah, I just wanted to make sure it was on everybody's radar and yours specifically because it's like all oh, those yeah, things thank are you. up yes. the rally. Absolutely. Checking all the boxes. Uh, jump to your side for a minute and then I have only maybe one or two more things. Okay, cool. Um, first, just want to give a quick shout out to Twitter user Sentionot Plus. Uh, I think we've given him a shout before. Great guy, a friend for a long time. Uh, he just like retweets our podcast all the time and I just wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate him, uh, you know, polluting his feed with our trash and i just love that people are out there helping spread the word about the podcast so thanks man super super appreciate it you are my personal hero for this week um what else do i got i watched a new show called creamery have you heard of this carlos i haven't but i also have shows so let's talk about shows for a minute let's talk about shows for a minute so this i don't know how new it is i mean it's new to me maybe it's not that new but it's on hulu creamery is a kind of an indie production it's about uh, a virus hits, you know, so a little bit close to home here. Uh, and like every man on earth dies from the virus. And I know a lot of um, a lot of other shows have done the same kind of premise. This is not entirely new, but, um, you know, like female society takes over and you kind of look at that for a minute. And then in the very first episode, and this is all the trailers, this is not a spoiler, um, like a man pops up out of nowhere. Like the one guy left on earth shows up out of the blue and with like every other man on earth dead. And so they kind of, and examine like what does this mean how does this throw things into disarray how do you treat this person you know like it's really interesting we've only like one episode in so far but i really like the performances it's really funny and sassy and i'm very excited to see where it goes so i i'm digging it so far we're gonna keep checking this out but putting this on your radar creamery yeah. c-r-e-a-m-e-r-i-e so they've got the uh the fancy spelling there got it and it reminds me of uh was it x the last man or y the last man i think it's y yeah, the last yeah, man yeah there's been a couple that are kind of like that so um this one one other uh a movie i want to give a shout out to real quickly guns akimbo have you seen this no, I saw that you tweeted about it, and I always saw those pictures that go around the internet with yes. Daniel Radcliffe and those weird feet, but I never watched it. <laughs> that was exactly that was exactly why we watched it. So if you're on Twitter, if you're on the internet, you've probably seen the meme going around. It's been around for a while uh, of Daniel Radcliffe, you know, formerly known as Harry Potter, but all grown up now. 
He's in a bathrobe. He's in bare feet slippers, like big poofy bare feet slippers. In the, he's in the middle of a street and he's got two guns in his hand and he looks like a fucking raving psycho. Um, and people use that to, to as a meme for like, I'm on my hundred day of crunch and game dev. And then they post that picture of him looking like a fucking psycho or whatever. Like it's, it's very common. I'm sure if you've been on the internet, you've probably seen it. So as my wife and I were looking for a movie to watch, we were scrolling through and like, that was the image that came up for the movie. I'm like, Oh shit. It's that it's him. It's, it's this thing. I didn't know where that, that image was from. Right. Yeah. So it's from this movie called guns akimbo. And what happens is it's kind of a comedy, dark comedy um, action movie where it's like near future this kind of like um, weird internet subculture pops up again, hitting very close to home where they're like these like death fights that happen and they're streamed over like this Twitch kind of service and it's all illegal, but it's like the world's most popular entertainment. What happens is uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays this uh, guy who trolls people on internet message boards and the, the people who run this tournament get pissed off at him. And so they force him to take part in the tournament. And so what happens is they take two guns each one has 50 bullets each and they bolt them to his hands. There's like screws going from the gun into like all of his fingers. He cannot put these guns down. And so he has a gun in each arm and he can't like eat food or he can't open doors and he can't unzip his pants to pee because he's got guns in each hand and he can't reload them. And so the whole rest of the movie is just like fucking complete psycho, crazy over the top action, tons of shooting, running, jumping, like, lots of laughs like it's really dark it's super violent but i thought it was really excellent and i gotta say daniel radcliffe did a great job um you know we all know him as harry potter i'm sure but he's since harry potter man he's been doing some great things he's been choosing some really good roles he's been really breaking out of the boy wizard um shell and i really love what he's doing i mean he's quickly becoming one of my favorite actors dude he's been doing uh, it for a while too i mean I oh yeah know, you yeah. ever saw swiss army man back in the no day? that's next on my list dude oh, swiss army man's go. coming yeah. up and their horns somebody yep. recommended to me was really good so i think the wife and i are going to start a daniel radcliffe uh, movie marathon this week because i've just been everything i've seen him in i've seen him in a couple tv shows and like every time he shows up i'm like harry potter and then i'm like no you're daniel radcliffe because you're doing a great job and i really respect what you're doing so i'm I'm all aboard the Radcliffe train, man. He's really, uh, he's really doing some great stuff. And Guns Akimbo was fucking bananas. It was a super good time. I thought it was a really fun movie. If you want like super gory, over the top, like action, uh, really violent action. Yeah, but it was great. It was great stuff. And that's probably one of his only like, a, like just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but like straight action movies, uh, which I haven't seen yet. So because thank you oh, for man. reminding me. It's good. You got to watch it. It's um, real good. But like I've been following him after like for a while. I haven't thought of him as Harry Potter because uh, Kill Your Darlings was um, uh, Allen Ginsberg like documentary. I've not, not seen that one. Uh, and it's just kind of a it's just about Ginsberg, you know, but it's like him trying to do other things. And like you said, then Horns came out. Um, I'm just looking at his IMDb and I'm remembering, of course, Miracle Workers. Miracle Workers is fucking amazing. Which is yes. amazing, all of them, the whole anthology series. And then just now, he just got announced that he's uh, finishing up the Weird Al Yankovic story. I know. Isn't that bananas, dude? Yeah. I saw that and I flipped. It was crazy. So, so yeah. He, yeah, the Radcliffe train. Maybe that's the name of the podcast. We're on uh, the Radcliffe train. We're yeah. on We're on the Radcliffe train. Good job, yeah. Daniel. Uh, I wanted to give him a shout out on Twitter or something, but apparently he stays off of all social media as far as I can tell. So it's better probably a wise choice. Yeah, yeah better than a wise choice. Um, that's basically all i have what do you got left over on your side there two more show things real quick one uh i was telling you that i went back to the umbrella academy i just finished it this weekend series Um, what four season three three it is really fucking good like i cannot stress how if you like you start it season three let's say and you're like kind of 
you know, when you go through series, if it's in multiple seasons, you get kind of tired. Oh, sure. Right. Oh, sure. Of the of the characters or something. I was in the beginning as well. And I was like, oh, I don't want to hear these guys bickering, blah, blah, blah. But then it just gets so smart and weird and different and sci-fi. And there's very few good sci-fi series out there, you know, fantasy sci-fi. And it's just so cool. Like time manipulation, reality distortion stuff. Very cool. And a very satisfying ending that leads to another season, you know? So is there a season four yet or not yet? No, there isn't. This is okay. This, this is the most recent thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. And it but it just shows you there's going to be. And um normally sometimes I don't like that, but this time I'm like, I just want more of it. So highly recommend that. And then I just finished this morning uh watching the first episode of The Anarchists on HBO. I have not heard of this one. What's it about? So it's a documentary. Um and it is essentially about this. It's about multiple things, but it's about this conference called Anna. Hold on, I get this right. Anarchapulco. So like, anarchy. Is, it, is this a real thing or is this like a fake document? No, it's a real, a real document. Yeah, a yeah. real document. Okay. In Acapulco, there was this like anarchy convention, but anarchy doesn't mean specifically everybody just goes in the streets and does whatever they want. That's a longer discussion on the podcast, but it's about you know looking at a different way of doing society, and you know you can throw socialism there, you can throw in different. Just ways of, of uh, treating things, not just they like it kind of against the idea of a statist or people who like like the idea of these governing bodies. Right. Anywho, it starts off where it shows really a lot of the different sides of this event, almost like think Fire Festival, the documentary, but like with anarchy. OK. Um, and then you meet all these people who kind of put it together. But then you also just get like really good uh, bits of like uh, discussion around Anne Rand. And her book and, you know, these kind of different people thinking about different tax systems and things we should do differently in this country. So not only is it like talking about this kind of debacle conference that happened and things that happened around it, uh, but it's also kind of giving you information about anarchy and societal stuff, which I think is great when when a documentary does that, you know. It's not just about need, the event. Yeah, we need. I mean, I love that too. I love getting all sides of it and seeing different different aspects to what's being covered, which is great. I mean, I love that. I'll have to check this out. I haven't heard of it, but uh, I mean, I'm all for it, man. You know, I don't know all the ins and outs of this, but I know what we got right now is not working. So hopefully, we can find some other solution, some other way of doing things because uh, this shit is broke. And I know. I know that's going to be fixed. Why? That's why I was afraid that, like, you know, kind of from the trailer and the and the and the picture and the thumbnail, you're like, oh no, is this just a fire festival? Is this just gonna you know, put a smudge on the idea of anarchy and different systems. I hope it doesn't because I'm only watched one episode of it. But um, it'd be great if it did like fully the whole series fully, you know, played both sides of it. But anywho. All right. I think it's really it's done super well, though. So everybody check it out. Excellent. excellent. And then the last thing I'm going to say in this segment is and it's just a statement. It's who cares what the fuck Joe Rogan thinks, period. Let's end oh, this. Yeah, dude, Let's end thousand. it. Well, we can, no, we can't. We got. Well, I got one more thing. I got one more thing. In oh, fact, it's it's your thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, agreed, ten thousand times over. Fuck Joe Rogan, all the way, six ways from Sunday, and then one more on top of that. Uh, no, okay, so we're moving off from that. You told me to remind you to talk about that we are in an RPG this week. You said, Brad, remind me, and I said, okay, I'm reminding you. Oh shit. Um, what was I thinking that week? <laughs> I don't know, man. You just told me. You're like, man, remind me next week. We're all in an RPG and people are monsters. Tell me and I'll talk about oh, it. Oh, like, people okay. are monsters. And I wrote it down, so I'm reminding you. Do you do you not remember? I do. I remember what, what predicated that. I had a bad experience on a bus, um, which I don't know if I want to talk about. But um, 
Yeah, I think that we essentially are like, it's like we have to battle every day. I think that's what the idea was. Like when you're in RPG, you have to like try to level up and you have to try to, you know, just survive essentially, right? And like uh, you're fighting monsters and stuff like that. I just feel like on a daily basis, it do- it doesn't like let up, you know? Like life just goes like, all right, we're going to throw these things at you. Like this is the campaign today, right? That is true. Um, you never get to pause. You know? No, you never get to pause. And it's like for me recently, like physical, you know, ailments and then just life stuff and money stuff. Money stuff's essentially like RPG stuff, right? You're like, you don't have enough gold. You can never quit the grind. You can never quit the grind. You have to get more gold. And then when you get enough gold, like a monster steals half of it. Yeah. And that monster might be unless you cheat. Like the rich people got like exploits, right? Where they just oh, get, like, they, they got do glitches. like the money cheat. Yeah, yeah, they, they got, got glitches galore. So those people are just like, whatever, got infinite money because I got like this hack. But the regular yeah. folks, you got to grind. That I had another further thought on it. I it's escaped me, but that is essentially what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. There we go. There There's we go. Your thought of the day, folks. There it is. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving on. Let's get into the main portion of the show. We've got uh, a lot of games to cover here. Um, one that I, I wasn't expecting to bring to the show, and I bet you were probably not expecting to bring either, uh, just popped up on Game Pass. It's Solasta Crown of the Magister. Um, I saw it pop up on Game Pass, which is great. You know, Xbox, Game Pass, best place to play games. Mm. Um, I <laughs> wasn't planning to play it, but I just had a wild hair last night. and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to fire this up just to see. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised. I didn't put too much time into it because I was actually pretty sleepy at the time. Um, but if a game appeals to me even when I'm sleepy, then I know it's pretty good. But you put some time into it also, Carlos. You want to uh, lead off on this segment here? Yeah, because I, I picked it up and played it, and I forgot about it. I actually played it, like, and I could have talked about it last episode, because this has been oh, on Game Pass okay. for a while. If oh, you has it? Yeah, I thought yeah. it just hit Game Pass. No. Lots of times they reorganize, like, what's on the top pay- page or whatever, you know? Hmm. Um, this was either buried or something. I don't know. I found it a while ago. Okay. Uh, a while being maybe two weeks or a week and a half. <laughs> like an eternity, basically. Yeah, for our podcast, you know. Um, yeah, so I found it, and it's straight up like a Boulder's Gate, um, uh, you know, kind of a pen and paper, but top-down isometric view RPG. Uh, very, very, very focused on it being like the tabletop game with dice rolls. You can actually yes. see the dice rolls. Um, real initiative roles, everything you could think of, but it's just like instead of like little, um, what are they called, miniatures? It's it's a straight up looks like Baldur's Gate, like or, animated characters. Yeah, Divinity stuff, yeah. Original Sin, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. But yeah, you but... are doing that thing where you select where you want to go, which is kind of old school PC kind of style. Uh, and but it works great with a controller. And yeah, I just kind of was looking for another RPG, like I always am. And the only thing that stopped me in the beginning was it makes you make the characters. You don't have to. There's some pre-assigned There's characters. pre-assigned characters, but you know, it's an RPG and you're going to be in this thing for 20, 30 hours. Like, I generally want to make a character. The big, uh, like, thing I hate in RPGs, even though I did this when I grew up on the PC, is when you have to make more than one. Because yeah. I'm a nerd. I want to, like, you know, get everybody's backstory and really figure this out. And I could do that with one person, but doing four, I got tired and I did three. <laughs> and then I did a fourth for the uh, pre-registered, pre-registered yeah. yeah. Interesting. That was so, my stopping point in the beginning. I was like, oh, and I put it down for a minute. But I did come back to it. But I'm interested to hear what you thought of your the first thoughts of it. Well, you know, I you know, I got to say, first impressions were not great. Because when I started the game, it like immediately hit me in the face with a very... It was right on the verge of being overwhelming in a PC way. And by that, I mean, like, way too many boxes on screen, way too many menus, way too many little fiddly things to look at. 
And it's like, I'm just starting the game. Like, I don't want to be drowning in menus from square one, right? So I was like, it was kind of a bad first impression. So I was like, eh, is this going to be another one of those ones where I just like, I just don't have the time or spirit to like fight to learn this game. But I'm like, well, I'll give it a few more minutes. I'm just going to click A blindly. And if the game keeps rolling, then that's going to be a win for me. Yeah. And if it stops because I need to figure some menu out, then I'm going to quit. And luckily for the game, it just kept on rolling. So I'm like, okay, good. You guys are making good choices, right? So once I got past, I just, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to ignore all this stuff. I'm going to pretend like it's not here and just get to the, the next section of this game. Hopefully you I, didn't ignore the LBRB thing though. What is the LBRB thing? Oh, that's an important thing. I think you missed it. Maybe I did. Maybe. It, I don't know. Maybe. I'll maybe tell not. you in a minute. Okay. Tell me in a minute. So I, I got to the part where it's like, create your character. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I, uh, tangent, tangent, I fucking hate any RPG, and there's a lot of them, almost every RPG makes you create a character and choose skills before you've even played the fucking game, before you even know what you want to do. I think Fallout is like one of the only ones where it's like, make a character, and after an hour, do you still like this character? Do you want to change things? I, I appreciate that, because how the fuck are you supposed to know what skills you want to have, like what character you want to play, before you've even played the fucking game? It makes no sense. Well, so I was like... Sorry, go ahead. Lockpicking is the only thing you always need, no matter what game. Right. Lockpicking yeah. is the only thing. Other than that, like you don't know. Like in some games, magic is really great, and some games, magic is not so great. And I know you've always like you're Mister Melee, so maybe it's not such a big deal for you. But like you know, sometimes I go back and forth, and sometimes I'm like, is dialogue really important in this game, or is it not so important? Right. Is, ch is charm important? I don't know. Is it? Well, you got to play for a little bit before you figure it out. I'll just I I understand that, but I would just like defend this style of game and the fact that if it's trying to be like a D and D campaign, it's like. Which character do you want to role play, right? And then sure. in those games, you don't know what the dungeon master is going to give you. You just have to be like, I want going to be this. I'm going to be a cleric all the way through. So I think that's what they're going for. That's all. I mean, and, and true, and and many games do this. Like, it's I don't want to single out Solast. I mean, a, a million games do this, but yeah. it's like, it's like for example, like I can remember playing an RPG where I'm like, okay, I'm going to totally be like the talky guy. I'm going to be super charming, and I'm going to do like persuasion skills. And then you can play for like nine hours and never have a persuasion choice come up. Oh, fuck. I should have been yeah. like a swords person instead. Like you never know like what the quality of a game is going to be until you put some time in. So I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to make any character right now. I'm just going to roll the pre the pre-made characters. And if I like this game, then I will go back and make some. But first, I want to get a flavor. I'm not going to waste my time, you know, two hours in the fucking character creator before I even know if I like the game. So yeah. I just picked four of the pre-mades. I'm like, let's just see what this is all about. And it's interesting because the very first part of the game is uh, four characters in a tavern. And each one is talking about how they got to the tavern. And each one of their stories is a tutorial. So I thought that was pretty cute and clever. I appreciated that very much. Uh, got through the tutorial. And, I, you know, like I said, I was kind of tired. Um, so I got to the end of the tutorial. And I'm like, okay, this all seems like a green light so far. I dig it. Uh, I need to sleep. But I will come back when I am more awake. But so far, I like what I see. Now, Carlos, I think you probably played like maybe like a little bit further than me or about the same. Yeah, about the same. Uh, I, again, I agree with you. I think that that's a really smart way to do the tutorial. It's like... I have a story, but let me go tell you what I did. And then there you are in the scenario to do this oh, yeah. story. It, it helps you remember the whole thing much more. It makes more sense because it's contextualized, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's also because, like, I don't know how if the stories are different because based on the character classes or if they just, like, give it. Like, one of them was like, I need to be sneaky. But yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they just picked that for, you know, just did four templates or something. But because um, I had a rogue, I had a, you know, magician or something, wizard, and I had a fighter, which is, of course, me, melee. And then I had one other person, like, um, I can't remember, a cleric maybe. And yeah, you just did all their stories. They're really good. Um, I think it was just done really well. Like you said, you could a, you could hit the A button if you're on a controller and a console or whatever, not used to PC stuff, and it didn't care. It let you just go. 
yes, which is great. Yes, yes. But the LBRB thing is super important. Which so what? What maybe, maybe I did. What? What is so it? So when you hit L, this is an Xbox scroll. If you hit LB and RB at the same time, it shows you all the interactable objects. In, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yes. Yeah, because yes. if you don't have that, you're like, what am I doing? Um, yeah, I love how intuitive like the movement was. If you just mm-hmm. pick an area, it, if he can jump, he or she can jump or climb. They just do. You know, and, uh, and also they said it's based on your, like, stats. So if you have better stats, you can jump further. Um, really smart. Like, it just really implements all the D&D stuff well into this kind of an action game. And then the combat, turn-based combat, was really good and felt good. Had a, a little bit too many options. It started going to that PC world of, like... A, li- a little bit, yeah. Whoa, I could do this. I could also shove the a monster. Why would I want to shove it? And then, I could, yeah, it was a little confusing there, but I got through it. Um, and then, like I said, I got to the town, the main town to start the missions, but kind of what do you said, what you said, I did do three characters without knowing and made the, took the fourth, uh, pre-register, uh, pre-register one, but I'm now going to go back yeah, and like yeah. really like painstakingly go through and create four characters because I like it enough. Like it's Same. doing all the things that it should do. And even those little dice rolls really feel good. Uh, you know what I mean? When you do success, like all the little sounds, they just the presentation was shockingly good. Um, and yeah, I, I did not expect to like this, but I'm like, okay, I'm going back and making four characters. I'm right with you, dude. I, I thought this was going to be another one of those crappy PC ports that seem to be popping up lately where I just like, I just, you can tell they just didn't think about it and they just stuck it on Xbox for whatever reason. Um, and despite that initial um, distaste at how many boxes were on screen, like it was very easy to ignore those. And once I got to playing the game, just like you said, I'm like, oh, this actually feels pretty good to play. Like, I get it. It's intuitive. It makes sense. Like, the sneaking around was good. The movement was good. Um, uh, the map is actually fucking awesome, which I give kudos to the map. I don't know if you looked at the map or not. Uh, the map is really good. It's a 3D representation of the exact level that you're in. And, in fact, it may even be the same um, wireframe model just with, like, some textures stripped out of it. Oh, weird. Like, I don't think I ever hit the map button. Oh, dude, hit the map button. You're going to be like, oh, shit, this is a great map because it shows you all the rooms it shows you everywhere you can go and it shows you all the stuff that you missed so you like you can be like oh uh, there was that happened to me the very first time i used the map there was a treasure chest i didn't see i saw it on the map because it was highlighted i'm like oh i'm gonna go back there and get that oh. um, thank you for showing that map that was that was amazing and that's what a map is for so good i mean everything about it kind of pops dude so i'm definitely gonna go back today gonna make my own team i'm gonna i'm gonna put some time to this this feels like it's pretty cool we're both going back we're both going back so lost uh, Crown of the Magister on Xbox Game Pass. Best place to play games. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Let me talk for a little bit about Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. This came out a... I, I, I kind of lose track of time. I'm in the time vortex right now. Two weeks ago? One week ago? No one years knows. Ago? No, I, one no one knows. knows. Like, no one knows. Uh, but it is the big expansion for monster hunter rise which i loved i loved when it came out last year uh, i put like 160 hours into rise i had a great time with it played with the wife did everything in the game and i thought it was just really great time a really really good iteration of monster hunter um very possibly my favorite monster hunter i'm not sure that it is but it's definitely like out of all the monster hunters and there's many um it's definitely like in top three for sure it may be my favorite so rise is great um, and just as a quick recap for people who have not played Rise, if you've been thinking about Monster Hunter, there is a single-player campaign that you can get through on your own. You don't need a team if you want to go through the single-player stuff. It's faster. It's more streamlined. It's fat-free. It moves. Just the pace of it's really good. I mean, it's still Monster Hunter, like, no doubt. Like, you're still building armor. You're still killing monsters. You're 
uh, crafting, you're harvesting stuff. Like it's it's still Monster Hunter, no problem at all, it's still there. But but faster. There's so many quality of life things that they put into Rise that just make the whole thing less of a drag, less tedious, less time consuming. So I mean, kudos to Capcom for that. Um, and like I said, it came out last year and it's been all this time. So now is the big update. And of course, they've been doing a million little updates along the way. They're you know they take good care of Monster Hunter, but this is the big one. Um, with this new expansion, uh, it's forty dollars. It's not free, so it's forty dollars. It's mm-hmm. a pretty big. It's pretty pretty hefty. Yeah, it's forty dollars. Um, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's almost as much as it cost the first time out. Uh, but they add, I think, about twenty new monsters, which is pretty substantial. That's a big number of monsters. Some of those are brand brand new monsters uh, that have never been in Rise before. Some of them are like old monsters that you've seen, but they're like updated or like uh, harder versions of monsters. Capcom does that sometimes. So you got, you can look forward to at least 20 new battles, and I'm sure there's going to be more with uh, title updates to come. There are three brand new areas to explore, and the areas are pretty well detailed and pretty cool looking. There's a fourth one coming in August with another uh, more title update. Like I said, they keep updating constantly. Uh, there are some collaboration quests that you can choose to do where like NPCs will come with you, which is pretty cool. And there's like, like there's so many skill changes and tweaks. I can't even begin to even get into like all of the different changes, like to your um, your silk maneuvers, your silk, uh, was it silk strand? I forget what it's called, but like you have this like ability where you can shoot out like a little rope and it does stuff. You can use it differently. Oh ways, yeah, like, I like that weapon. about the game. Silk bind. Yeah, oh, man, I think it's silk bind maneuvers. Um, so like that was really cool. Um, there's like tons of tweaks, tons of changes. Like it's just like it reinvigorates the whole thing. And if you want some more Monster Hunter, and maybe you do because it's been like a year. Uh, I mean, I think it's great to get back into. I will say though. Um, for me personally, I I am struggling a little bit because when I played this when it dropped, I got into it. Like I said, I played 160 hours, made all the armor, did all the stuff, killed all the monsters, uh, beat the game, and you know fought the last boss like a million times, made the armor, etc., etc., etc. But I haven't touched it in a year, and I will say that coming back to something as deep and as rich and as nuanced as Monster Hunter after not touching it for a year is kind of wrecking my brain a little bit. I was like, okay, wait, which button does what? Mm. And wait a minute. I'm using this sword and then this sword is different from the one I was just using and which, which one deflects. The, uh, I can't remember. And I got to say, when I jumped in, uh, I got my ass fucking handed to me oh, nice. by the very first monster because I just forgot the buttons, right? I just couldn't remember what I was doing. So there is definitely a bit of a learning curve. And I think it kind of goes without saying that this is content for people who are very familiar with monster. Hunter. Like if you're, if you're just getting into monster hunter for the very first time, I would say just get the core rise stuff. And just play that because it's got the whole tutorial. They work you in with the low-level quests and stuff. Like, don't jump into Sunbreak right off the bat. I'm not even sure if you even can. Um, but yeah, if you haven't touched it in a while, maybe give yourself some time to reacclimate yourself because I felt like my hands did not do anything that my brain wanted them to do. And I was it was, it was probably the hardest I've been spanked in Monster Hunter in quite some time. Um, but I do appreciate all the new content, and I am uh, looking forward to going through it with the wife. Uh, we're going to probably team back up again and... Uh, Take these dudes apart at some point, but uh, maybe not today. I need some more practice. Maybe not today. Not today. Um, and you, yeah, you live today to battle again tomorrow or something. I don't know. Something like that. Um, but I'm going to use this as a real quick jumping off point for a mini tangent because uh, I won't. I, I think I'll always have to talk about Diablo Immortal every episode. Um, <laughs> but but it, seriously, this is important. So like, w- I've been playing that on the phone uh, sometimes when I'm on the bus. And again, that seamless kind of transition of leveling up on the bus while I'm, you know, grinding and then coming home and my progress is there. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's always the better experience, in my opinion, 
especially now they've even tweaked it more with the controller at home on the PC. I don't sure. know why people don't think that that's the best version, but it is. And I would challenge or fight anybody uh, that says different. But to that point, I, I was, you know, messing around on the, on the bus with my phone. It's never, I don't think, a good experience. It's like, okay, but there's no tactile feedback, and I can't deal with that, you know? Mm-hmm. I get to my, I get home, I put, plug in my controller right before this podcast. I like got stuck playing it. Uh, we had to start a little bit later because of it. And the things that I was doing on the controller, yes, it, like if I don't play this for like a few months or something, I don't know how I'll do it again. But like I'm hitting LB, then I know that that only goes for a little while and cool down. I hit X, then I hit A or B, and then I follow up with a right B, and then I move. And I get away from the enemy and I hit LB again. But I'm doing that in like seconds, you know? Right. You're just, your fingers are flying. Yeah. But they're kind of like, they're not just mashing. They're literally timing. Like in my head's going like, yeah, okay, you got X, that. You got that muscle memory going yeah, on. Yeah. Like the you muscle know, your memory. Your hands know what they're doing. For like four buttons or five buttons. And it's just crazy. And then I go, okay, now I can probably hit X and get my power up and then I can do my whirlwind. Oh, yeah. I'm hitting triggers too to do my whirlwind. It feels like I'm in the Matrix. And this morning, I was just like, you know, taking out bosses, going like, I was just yelling at the screen, like, fuck you or something to them, because I was like, you can't beat me. I am the Matrix with this controller. Um, And I bring it up because, A, I wanted to just say that story. And then, B, yeah, the minute I leave that, coming back to that, yeah, that's a Matrix controller move, you know, and the Monster Hunter is very similar. I mean, that 100%, dude. And that is really my problem um, with DLC that comes too late in the game where you you just lose the timing or you just you forget like your tricks you forget what you're doing i mean monster hunter perfect example i when i was playing this you know me and the wife killed every monster in the game no problem like multiple times like nothing could stand up to us and yesterday i mean the first fucking stupid crab in the game kicked my ass and i died and i'm like fuck i can't remember same thing with um neo and neo 2 i love neo 2 i mean those games are really difficult but I, i think they're really well put together loved playing them and unfortunately, like the DLC came out too late, right? The DLC came out like six months after I had finished and jumping back in. I was like, oh, God, what? Like, I don't remember how to use a sword. I don't remember how to dodge. You know, and I I, I couldn't get into it. Like, it, I think timing is everything where it's like if you're going to be a difficult game, I either kind of want to do it all at once, like wait for the whole DLC package to come out and then play the game of the year edition so I can just go through all at once and not lose the muscle memory. Or I end up just doing the main game and I never play the DLC because it's just like it's too it's too inconvenient to come back and it just feels unnatural to come back for me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, Sunbreak is out. It's great if you want to play more Monster Hunter. It's a huge chunk of Monster Hunter. I think it's probably well worth the forty bucks. So heads up on that. Uh, Carlos, another surprise game. I uh, wasn't expecting to talk about this, but you brought it to the show, and I'm happy to, to chip in on this. Power Washer Simulator, again, on Game Pass, best place to play games. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> asterisk. I'm going to yeah, put maybe. asterisk maybe every time. What did you, uh, what made you grab Power Washer Simulator? What? Tell us the story of how you got to this. It's very easy. And again, somebody I mention on the show all the time, uh, I should probably tag him at some point, but Skill Up on YouTube, uh, one of my favorite channels. Uh, I watch his This Week in Games every week. Highly recommend it. Um, just put it on. It's so good. And he just does all the... The work and his editor is really great uh, getting all the clips. Anyways, he just, you know, sometimes we'll do a deep dive on games and he had Power Wash Simulator on his list. And he goes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Don't turn out this video. Give me a chance to explain. 
And what he's explained already in his video, I'll try to paraphrase essentially, but he just made it sound like it was a really fun, zen-like meditative experience to do while you're chilling. Uh, and he didn't think it would be so much fun, and he got super addictive uh, you know, to it and stuff like that. So I checked it out, and he's right. It's a game that you, like he says in his, his video, you put on a podcast, you put something on you want to watch in, or in the background, just kind of audio, and then you just watch things. But what the game is, um, is, you know, first person, uh, move around. You can do things like jump and crouch, all the things you would do in a first person game. But you got the washer and basically you're just cleaning things. But it does everything smartly. So, like, there's a lot of simulator games that are confusing, almost like we were saying earlier, like so many menus and buttons. Right. There's a lot of menus in this, but you don't have to hit a lot of them. You really just got to, like, know to change the nozzle, uh, know to change things on your washer, and then wash. And what they do really well, and uh, he mentioned as well, is that when you clean sections, A, you can load up your little menu and see what you have left to do, which is great. It shows you the parts you missed. Yeah. Parts you missed and percentage of things you cleaned. So say you thought you cleaned a whole wall, but it says you get 70% of that done. So you have to go find the pieces of dirt that you didn't get. But it also like does this very satisfying ding when you've finished an area. Yeah. And kind of like yep. does a shine on it and you go, oh, I got it, you know. Um, and so those like, you know, those responses, like the, the, the sound, the graphics, it just makes you feel like you're accomplishing things all the time. And the movement's a little clunky when you're moving around in the world, I think. But in general, you're just chilling. Like the first one was wash off your van because that's your van that you're going to take around town. And uh, this is the career, by the way. There's other sections, but yeah, there's actually a career mode. Yes. Yeah. So I'm in the career, and you you wash up the van, and then um, once you get the van going, you go to like do jobs around the place, and you get money for it. And so the first job as your career is you have to clean someone's backyard, which is just nasty, and you know. It's a little um, not believable in somehow how dirty some of these places are. But anyways, and yeah, you're just like slowly washing the backyard with like different things, objects and and stone pathways and things like that. So for me, it's exactly what he said. It's just this relaxing experience. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can see. I mean, it's it's funny because, again, my first impression was, OK, there's too many buttons and stuff like it was like. You have this like radial menu with nozzles and then it's like three different uh, body positions to be in. And I'm like, OK, what? Like what? I figured it was going to be just a sprayer. And but there's more to it than that. I mean, it is actually like a simulator. And it's funny, too, because in the area where I live, literally every motherfucker around me has a power washer. Like the guy next to me, oh, yeah. my other neighbor, my neighbor across the street, the guy down the street. Everybody has a power washer. I don't know if it was everybody's just keeping up with the Joneses or something. But like literally everyone in my neighborhood, except for us, has Here. a power washer. So I have very... A lot of experience watching people power wash stuff. So that is a very weird quirk about my neighborhood. Anyway, I start playing it and I, I get it. Like I totally get the Zen um, aspect of it. I'm just like cleaning something. You get your power washer. You slowly go from like left to right or top to bottom or wh whatever, whatever suits you at the moment. And you just kind of clean the dirt off. I will say, though, that it had kind of the opposite effect on me. Um, I was I was kind of grooving on it at first, but then I would miss little sections. And just like a tiny section, like I'd wash a window and it's like, you are 96% finished and I can't see where it is. So then I hit the button to highlight where the dirt is left and I see it and then I spray it and it doesn't come off right away. And I'm like, okay, fuck, what is going on? Like, I don't want to work this hard. I want to just, 
wave this this water wand over this car and have it be clean and there was a few points where it was kind of irritating me where like maybe i need to adjust the sensitivity of my controller or something but it's like it was one notch more difficult than i wanted it to be Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay now you're irritating me rather than soothing me so i i probably need to tweak the settings a little bit but i was like okay this is pissing me off and i don't want to like get mad about fucking washing a goddamn car so i'm gonna play something else um but i totally get why you would want to play this and if you could you know maybe if i made the the sensitivity lower or something like that or increase the pressure of my nozzle and didn't have to go over the spot so fucking many times that would be better so i get the appeal of it uh but i think it's probably not for me well you know i'll talk to that point because that's the only con that i had as well and i don't know i didn't i don't think i finished uh scope's review if he mentions that but it is annoying because even the first level, again, yes. in the career mode, that happens. And you would think that they would not want to do that for you. But to go back to their name of it, they called it a simulator. True. So it's like fair. in the real world, you wouldn't just wave a magic wand and things would be clean. So when you, like you were talking about, there's so many different sections of the backyard that I'll think I got it, but I can see a little bit left over, you know? And yeah. so there is that different um, apparatus or nozzle that is like, power power wash right like direct aim and that's like does stronger cleaning right the wider the spray the weaker yeah the weaker the scrub or whatever yeah. So you got to kind of go back and forth so that's how i you know took care of those problems but that made it feel like a little bit more work than i wanted uh even things like there was a tricycle or some bike or something and i had to like get underneath it to clean it so yeah. I, had to, I had to like right click and get on my belly on yeah, so you get prone like you're in metal gear solid yeah metal like, gear what? solid and then washing so I can see how it might get annoying sometimes, but if I'm doing something else, like a podcast, I might not care. But then again, why am I playing the game? So Yeah. Well, one more, one more con. One more con. Yeah. Um, so as you're doing the very first level, I, did, I just got to the first level. I didn't get much further than that. Uh, you're in a garage, and in the garage is stuff. Like oh, you can pick the, up things, yeah. There's the car in the middle of the garage, but there's also like racks of, I don't know, tools on the wall. There's a lawnmower or something. And in the back of the garage, there's a table, like a work table. Uh, and there's like a gnome on it. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to blast this motherfucker. You cannot blast the gnome with your spray. And I'm like, what is the point of putting a fucking garden gnome in here if I can't shoot the fuck out of him with my spray? That's exactly what I want to do. And you can't. And I, it kind of pissed me off a little bit because I'm like, I wanted to. Not that you needed to have like goofy physics nonsense going on. Like you don't need to ragdoll everything through the level. But like. I want to just to spray that gnome so bad and you can't do it. And I found that very frustrating. Like, yeah. Like deeply in my soul. That was kind of frustrating that he couldn't blast that guy. And I'm like, okay, maybe we're not talking the same language here. Power wash simulator. Maybe this is too much of a sim. Maybe I just need power washer and you guys remove the sim from it. For nice. Me. I don't know. Yeah. Zero out of 10 can't uh, power wash the gnomes. The gnome. Yeah. Well, I, you, I think because you can pick up objects. I think that's part of the gameplay loop later on. Where you actually like, you know, have to place things back in their order or something. I don't know. I, maybe. I maybe. But anyways, I think for just a general kind of relaxing thing, it's still good. Um, I'm not as in love with it as I thought I might be, um, but it's enjoyable. Check it out on uh, Game Pass for free. I mean, you don't really lose anything. So, you know, download it. Give it a whirl. See if it clicks. If not, delete. Yeah. So what? So what? So what? All right, let me talk for a minute about Grobot uh, on the Switch. Uh, this is a 2D, hand-drawn, very artistic-looking, point-and-click, I don't know, sci-fi, cozy adventure, I guess. Um, you play a robot, and you are... It's, 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 it's not a real robot. I mean, it is a robot, but it's kind of like... 
Um, it all kind of relates back to the art. And I will say the art for this game um, is pretty fantastic. It looks like a very warm children's book illustrations kind of a thing. Like, you know, like it's all very soft edges and everything is really cute. Like your robot has a big bulbous head and it's very adorable and everything. It just looks very, like, you know, the bed in the robot's room and he has a room and he has a bed. Uh, you want to lay on it because it looks really comfortable and like he goes into the next hallway and you want to just hang out there because it looks very neat. So the art is off the chain on this one. Like the art is really, really good in, in Grobot, which is cool. Um, and once you get past the cuteness of the art, which is pretty significant, um, underneath it, I will say it is kind of a kind of a horrible point and click. I had a very miserable time with it. Um, it's that kind of point and click that just for me is kind of like the antithesis of what I enjoy in a game where there was um, very little direction about what you're supposed to do. Like they want you just to kind of like explore and point and click and check things out. And to me, it just feels like, no, I want to, I want more direction than that. I want to know what I'm supposed to be doing. I got confused right off the bat, like, you know, clicking on things and you pick up a couple things. Um, some things are permanent things that you pick up. Some things are consumable things that you pick up. Um, and you just got to figure out what's what, um, you can move the character around, but you're also moving a cursor around. And I felt like that was kind of unnecessary. I kind of would like it to be either one or the other and not both. Like, should I, cause I, at one point I moved my character over to a thing to look at it and nothing happened. So I thought it was background, but then when I moved the cursor over it, I could interact with it. So it's like, okay, that's like, why am I moving the character? If the cursor is going to be the main point of interaction, mm -hmm. maybe there is something with the character later. I don't know. Um, but it just kind of seemed like kind of clunky a little bit. Um, and I just, I just, I, I just wasn't getting into it. I, I, it's one of those games where they want you to explore and to try things and to just kind of immerse yourself in the experience, which is fine if you are cut that way. Um, I'm not really cut that way, especially with a 2d point and click. I don't want to click on everything. I don't want to pixel hunt. I don't want to just kind of wander around. I got to the end of the areas that were available and I really didn't have a clear idea of what I was supposed to do. Um, and so that to me was kind of a bummer cause it's like, it's really cute and I, I love the art and I wanted to kind of just check it out. Good vibe as far as the visuals go, but like, you know, within the first 15, 20 minutes, I had no direction about what I'm supposed to do. And I just got tired of clicking on things and nothing was working. And I just got my frustration factor got really high really quickly. Um, and so I just no doubt of it, but, uh, you know, if you're more of a traditional point and click person, if you like those indie games that really want you to think and explore and to, to try things out, maybe give it a go. Um, just for me personally, this is not a good fit for my personality and this is not the kind of game that I enjoy. So it's unfortunate cause I love the art, but, um, nothing about the gameplay was clicking. Interesting. Oh, clinking pun intended. Um, so I played this a while ago, uh, before it came to the oh, switch. Really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I probably brought it to the show because we don't remember all the games we talked God, about. Maybe I should look back in our archive. I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> um, I, I actually saw it at indie game festival in Seattle. Uh, it was, I remember this first time I saw it, but I think what it is is um, once you, I like the verticality of it, like when you get to high like like pieces of plants and stuff, right? Um, if this is the same game I'm thinking about, right? Uh, I don't know. I didn't get any vertical anything. I was just kind of going from room to room. You're saying Growbot, right? Yeah. Are you thinking of Grow Home? I'm thinking of Grow Home. Never mind. <laughs> I was like, you're also I, a robot. There's also plants. There is uh, also plants and robots. Growbot is just straight point and click. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, yeah, totally different game. That's funny though. I love Grow Home. Grow Home is awesome. Grow Home is. Yeah, I thought that was like, why is he talking about this game again? And also, why is he not like it? No, um, Grow Home is the, is dope, dude. I love Grow Home. Okay, Growbot. Let's let's make sure we know that. Yeah, the art is really cool looking in Growbot, but yeah, it seems like it might. If it doesn't, if it's not your jam. Yeah. 
I just, you know, it's just, it's just a quirk. And I know that about myself. And I just, I just want developers to give me an in, right? Like I don't want to have to work from the jump to like get into something. I, it almost feels like sometimes, and I, I'm like totally reading into this, right? Like I have no idea. I don't know who made this game. This is not a personal comment about them at all, but sometimes I come up against a game. Usually it's indie games where they're like, I almost get this attitude of like, are you going to work hard to get into my game? I made this game. You got to earn it kind of a thing. And I just feel like that. I never want to play a game like that. I don't ever, ever, ever want to do that. Like I want someone to, to show me what they've done. I want them to welcome me in. I want them to, you know, teach me how to play. I want, I want to engage in this stuff, but like sometimes I get that vibe of just like, they sometimes just doesn't feel like they care that you're there. Yeah. And I don't like that feeling. And that's kind of the feeling I got, not from the visuals. The visuals are very welcoming, but from the gameplay, it very much to me it felt like I don't care if you're here or not. You know, yeah. Figure it out or don't. So. All right. All right. That's a miss for Growbot. Um, kick it over to you for Krut, K-R-U-T, Krut Mythic Wings. Yeah. Um, the art style just got me interested, and I think we got a code, I want to say. We did, um, yes. So yep. thanks to the publisher to uh, give us a code for talking about it here, as we're doing. As we're doing right now. Um, so it's based on, uh, weirdly enough, it's ba- the game is a side-scrolling action game based on a Thai animated feature film. Uh, with the, It's called Krut, the um, Himafen Warriors. And this is all based on uh, Southeast Asian mythology okay. uh, and Garuda Warriors. Uh, basically, you play as a bird warrior person, and you fight uh, against monsters and stuff like that, as well as there's ogres are your main enemy. And there's a lot of story in the beginning to explain it. Um, there's kind of hand-drawn story segments, and then the actual game is just like left to right uh, attack monsters and jump around. Is it is it uh, shooting, or is it like melee? Or what no, kind of melee, and like there's a little bit of like kind of ranged magic melee and stuff. Okay, okay. But essentially just like attack, slash, dodge, and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm always drawn to that style of game. Um, as you can see, there's some, uh, you know, uh, tentative talking here about it because I like parts of it, I, parts of it I don't. Um, I really like learning about, you know, any new culture, any new mythology. Sure. It's always sure. fun. So I like that. There's a pretty long story in the beginning about, um, you know, this mythology with the bird warrior and his mythic wings and this whole, like, taking over of land from the ogres and stuff. So there's a lot to read in the beginning, but when you finally get into the action, um, I just felt like a couple things didn't click. One, I like the attack. It's, you know, it's slash, slash, all these combos like you would normally do. I like the roll. It was a little delayed. Um, and then there's air attack as well. So you can jump up in the air and do, like, attacks in the air, and then you can actually start flying a bit because you are a bird. And you can do some flying, like, in just you're, you're just flying and doing attacking. So there's a lot of options. Weirdly enough, I always want, if I'm going to jump in the air and do a hack and slash game, I always want to, like, a attack down maneuver. Okay. You know, like, when you jump up and you, like, attack while you're aiming down. Sure, a little death from above maneuver. Death from sure. above. And there's none in this game, or at least that I haven't unlocked yet. And that really bothered me because there's so many enemies on the ground and... I'm always in the air, you know, I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be able to just aim down and hit him. Uh, but you know, I think the biggest problem is that like some of those attacks, weirdly enough, sound makes a difference. And so one of the sounds from like the strong attack is very light, kind of like a ding or something. And I was like, that doesn't fit. Uh, something they could patch by the way, because it's a strong attack. 
So you know, more of a wallop sound. You want more of a more impact from yeah. it. You want more of a feel like a like you're doing something. It just felt like, and maybe it was the, I was fighting crabs, and maybe was, I was hitting their shell. I shouldn't give it, you know. Maybe like I'm gonna try some other monsters as well, but I feel like it was doing it all the time. Anywho, um, yeah, it was. It's 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 okay. It's not like my favorite thing in the world. I liked the art quite a bit, um, and I it wasn't like failing. So you know, it wasn't like hard to fight. It was I wasn't fighting the controls at all, but it was just. Interesting and okay, but I don't have like huge okay. praise for it. Yeah, and um, but I like learning about stuff. Also, there was like a story mode, so uh, I switched it down so you could just kind of like go through and learn some of the pseudo you know, stuff that might be cool to learn. So we don't know. We don't often talk about um, like these pantheons of characters, and we don't learn a lot about um, different myth systems from other countries. So I think that's a draw. I mean, I've seen Garuda before. I mean, that's a pretty common. Uh, character or theme in in many different cultures in Asia. I mean, I've seen them in, in many different ways. But in, in this game, like, did they give you like historical bits, or was it just like a regular story mode, but with like a southeastern uh, Asian flavor, or was it more of like a historical angle to it? No, no, no. Just kind of like a it's a fantastical story based on this mythology. You know, fighting back and taking your land back, essentially. Gotcha. Just, okay. There's an overarching theme, uh, which again is based on some of these these myths and stuff, but. Um, yeah, you're just going to kick butt, really, um, <laughs> and uh, and fight monsters along the way. But there, by the way, there is quite a huge chunks of story sections. So, um, and when I say that, you can hear it in my voice. It's almost a little too long sometimes. Mm, uh, there's okay. a lot of clicking through. But um, again, if you want to learn about some stuff, and especially this mythology, it's cool. I just wish they would change some of the sound effects. Weirdly enough, that's a small thing, but it's important. Also, I wanted a dive attack. I can't believe there wasn't one. Um, and by the way, the publisher I want to say is Blowfish. Uh, now that doesn't that isn't we shouldn't really always look at that because you know different developers. But Blowfish sure. did just do the Nine Witches that you liked. Um, they put that out. Oh yeah, Nine Witches is amazing. Yeah. I love that game. So, but anyways, I think uh, I think it's okay. Um, and I I liked what I learned from it. I'll probably go back and just keep it on story mode and see you know learn more about the story. All right, cool. That is Crute Mythic Wings. I believe that's on every platform right now, I'm pretty sure. Um, oddly enough, oddly enough, um, this has been the year for princesses. Uh, I've been playing a lot of princess games this year, which is fine. I like uh, I like princesses. Um, you know, if I had the chance to be one, maybe I'd be one for a week. Who knows? Um, maybe you would. Maybe I would. Uh, first one that I played this week was called Long Live the Queen, coming from that most famous publisher that we have a love hate mostly hate relationship with Rattalika games what we, yep they got me again bro they got me again you're because supposed to steer clear i can't that's that's the magic of Rattalika, right for anybody who listens to the show you already know what we're talking about but if you're new to the show Rattalika games is a publisher that i just i, I struggle with so hard because they put out the best trailers their trailers are like best in the industry. Every game they put out, I watch a trailer. I'm like, damn, I want to play that. And then when I play the game, I inevitably hate the game every single time. They, um, they, they tend to, to choose games that are very, very difficult. Um, they tend to choose games that are very, very niche to the point of where I think the audience is very like, like microscopically small, probably. So, I mean, it must work for them, right? Like, I mean, no, hate. like they're playing their game and they're clearly doing well. They release games every week. They must be making money. So, I mean, props to rattle like for that. But for me personally, I, it gets me because I always think their games look amazing. And then when I play them, they're never as good as the trailer. Mm. And I've spent so much of my own money 
buying um, their games and I end up just not liking them very much. And so it's kind of a point of uh, contention with me. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, they kind of got me again, but they kind of didn't get me again. I think maybe this is one of their better releases for me anyway. Uh, Long Live the Queen, uh, original NPC, was it's a uh, it's kind of a a grow your princess sort of a game. You start off the game with this princess. Uh, her mom is dead and her dad is like, you got to grow up fast, honey, because reasons. And so she has like a ton of skills, uh, like 36 or 48 different skills or something like that. It's like, it's like a ton of skills, um, sword fighting, running, horse riding, dancing, uh, politics, strategy, naval strategy, uh, logistics, like whatever, like there's like a million of those, right? And she starts at zero in all those stats. And so it's totally up to you, the player every week, you can choose two different classes and you got to find out what, uh, you want to teach her, right? So you can, uh, you know, if you want to specialize in military, you can do that. You want to specialize in, um, courtroom behavior. You can do that. You want to specialize in history. You can do that, like whatever. Um, the other part of this is that she's got, uh, an emotional, uh, emotional meter and there are eight emotions. It's like, angry slash cheerful, uh, lonely slash, I don't know, not lonely or whatever. It's not, not lonely. It's something else. Um, whatever. There's like a, there's like a, a, a back and a forth to all of these. You can't, you can't have all of them at the same time max. Like it's like, if your anger is maxed, then your happiness is zero. And if your happiness is zero, then your anger is max. Like, you know, you can't, you can't fill every bar, right? Mm. You got to decide. And depending on how she's feeling that week, that affects how well you learn your lessons. So if you're very angry, uh, I keep saying this because I spend most of my time on anger. Nice. Um, if you if you're angry, um, you do sword fighting and military really well. You'll get you'll learn it twice as fast. If you are sad, then you will like fail at like conversation or charm classes because you don't want to be around people. So it's like a cool system where there's all these like different moving parts, a million different levers. Um, the interface is real bare bones. Like you see, um, just a basic picture of the princess. You choose the classes like there's no animation for the classes like you just a text window pops up and says, oh, you learned about uh, horse riding and you gain plus five horse riding points like that. It's like real simple. Right. And then at the end of each week of classes, you'll get like one story scene and it's like, hey, your peasants are hungry. Do you feed them? Yes or no. Or, hey, someone's challenging to duel. Do you want to fight them? Yes or no. And a lot of times it's not even like a yes or no. It's just like if you choose to do the thing, it'll automatically calculate whether you succeed or fail based on what stats you already have. So, um, this all sounds fine, right? This all sounds like, like, okay. Um, to me, how does it sound to you so far? It sounds a little confusing. Uh, I'm even looking at pictures of it and it still looks a little confusing. It feels almost like going back to simulator. It's like, uh, yeah, you're kind of like, it's a menu game, right? It is app 1 billion percent a menu game. Yeah. It is a menu game, so, which is which is okay sometimes. Like, I don't mind those as long as there's, you know, some other hooks. And I thought with it being a princess thing, with there being some story bits, you know, kind of like that, it would be fine. So this is all this is all fine. Um, I'm even fine with, like, the really low-end presentation, but, like, barely any pictures, barely any animations or anything. I mean, that was still okay. The problem with this game, <clears throat> excuse me, is that, it's just like it's series of like 1000 gotchas in a row and you don't know what's coming up. So for example, um, you know, there's, there's nothing saying, Hey, in two weeks, we're gonna have a battle. Would you like to prepare? It's just like, you're just going about your business. And then all of a sudden, Oh, a battle is happening literally right now. At any point before this, did you get ready for battle? Yes or no. And it's very possible that with like 36 or 48 skills to choose from that you didn't spend any time on battle, mm. you know, or, um, 
for example, I got to one point in the game where I had maxed out my sword fighting skill, but I didn't max out my physical skill. So I was like expert sword fighter, but I was too weak. And I, I didn't realize that you needed both of those. I just assumed that sword fighting skill maxed meant that you would be able to effectively wield your sword. Cause like, how else would that work? But like, and it's like, Oh yeah, you tried to fight your sword, but you were too tired to lift your sword. So bye, you're dead. And I'm like, okay, that, that is not how I thought that was going to work. Um, but there's like a lot of those things where it just pops up. They surprise you. And then it's up to you whether or not you randomly had studied that thing. And if you did, did you study it enough? Mm. And most of my challenges failed, 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 failed. Um, and I just got kind of tired of it where I just felt like um, I don't want to be got all the time. Like, you know, like the game is just like, gotcha, motherfucker. You thought you were going to do this sword battle, but you're not. It's not strong enough. We gotcha. Yeah. It's like, Jeez. yeah, I don't. It, it was just it was a series of those. And I'm like, I don't. I don't want to do that. So what ended up happening was I played it for about an hour and a half. Uh, and, and full disclosure, um, I talked to other people who played this game. They said you can play through the whole game in like two hours and they want you to replay it because they know you're not going to figure this out. Like no one's going to, no one's going to get through it the first time. They, they're like, there's so many gotchas. It's a, it's impossible to avoid the gotchas. So they want you to replay it and replay it. But like, to me, that's not a good use of my time. I got through 90% of it. The last save that I got to, um, I was not able to, change my stats enough to get past the challenge that I was at. And I died and I'm like, I don't want to start from the beginning. I don't want to do this over. So it, it, it almost had me like it almost got there, yeah. but I feel like it was kind of mean spirited. And I feel like it was just like not player friendly in the sense that it was not really respectful of my time. And it didn't tell me enough ahead of time. What was, I mean, you know, I, I would have really appreciated something like, Hey, the peasants are getting upset. You know, it might be good if we knew how to talk to them in six weeks or, Hey, uh, the Navy is having some struggles. Should we put some money into the Navy? What do you think? You know, like anything like that, just right. to help me out a little bit. And it's, it's nothing like they, they give you literally nothing. And it's just, you're just like, you know, it's like when you close, like when people on TV, when they don't know uh, how to choose something, they close their eyes and throw a dart at a dartboard. I felt like that's what I was doing when I was choosing my skills. I'm like, I had literally nothing to go on. Yeah. How am I supposed to choose anything out of so many skills? So it felt, it's like it's almost a good game um, if you like menu games, but it just uh, it's just like a little bit too aggro towards the player. I I just didn't appreciate that. that Dude, much. when we all have like we always talk about this in the show, like one or two minutes uh, a day, right, to do anything, if that, uh, yeah, to just have to go through a game just to learn about it and then go back and play it again. I'm not into yeah. any of those. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I talked to a person who went through and they were taking notes and they were like, oh, I wrote down when each event happened and. Even taking all the notes, there were still so many fuck yous that came up. Like, they couldn't get through it either. It's like, you have to just do a very specific set of things and a specific set of points. And I, I just, no, man, I'm just not going to play my play my game like well, that. Well, so. okay, so two, th- well, one thing, uh, I, I doesn't sound good to me. Uh, and I'm out as well uh, <laughs> before I even started. But to Radalika's uh, defense, I, I come running down the hill, uh, yelling, saying... Uh, Radalika did not get you, but Hanako Games got you because this is actually yeah. Hanako Games. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. Uh, and, you know, I, I will say, I mean, it's not a bad choice. I mean, I can see why Radalika picked it. This is very much in their profile. Yeah. Even if it's not like their usual 2D platformer jam, but... It was really close to being a really good game. I just I just can't. I just can't. So, um, I said there was two Princess games, and there is. There was a second one released at basically the exact same time, so I don't know if people were coordinating this behind the scenes. It's called Ambition, A Minuet in Power. 
this one came out i think last year on pc and in fact uh we did review it at game critics um the name escapes me one of our guys wrote about it and uh, i remember it being pretty favorable so i checked it out on switch this one i think is much more interesting and much more satisfying in this particular game you play a lady who gets married to i don't know like a baron or somebody something duke or something like that she's from the parisian countryside in the 18th century so you're like the big, you know, the big hoop skirt dresses and the powdered wigs and all that stuff. Me, Marie Antoinette kind of vibe going on. Um, and she is supposed to join him in Paris where he's got like an estate and whatever, whatever. So she gets to Paris and dude has disappeared. And we don't know, is he dead? Is he missing? Is he hiding? What's going on? She is left to her own devices to figure out what is up. And from that point on, you like start playing the game. This is also a menu game. Uh, but it's also like a visual novel as well. It's like half menu game, half visual novel. And I feel like this one works a lot better than Long Live the Queen does uh, because there's much uh, a lot of story. And I feel like the story is really well written. I was really interested to see how um, the this lady interacts with people. They paint the Parisian courts uh, very in detail. Like there's a lot of like intrigue, a lot of backstabbing, a lot of one-upsmanship, you know, kind of like you see on these TV shows. Who knows if that's what it was like in real life? I mean, it seems like it must have been, but who knows? But if you if you've seen like um, any of those shows recently, like that's exactly what it's like. So it's like um, insulting people publicly to gain points and to gain favor, mm. or to try to maintain political alliances and that kind of a thing. So it's really, uh, really like that kind of a jam, which I'm not usually up for but i feel like it's really working for me this time uh, along with that there's many different factions in paris there's like the the church there's the revolutionaries there's the crown there's the military a couple other folks and so you want to kind of like play them against each other and how you do that is they will invite you to parties and a really important part of this game is your outfit which kind of makes sense because that was like fashion and style very important back then so like you gotta like buy outfits that match the taste of the people whose party you're going to um, and then you go there and then you like choose people to talk to. And it depends on how much, oh God, what do they call it? Like, it's not cloud. It's like credibility, I think is one of your stats. Credibility and peril is your other stat. So like, if you choose something that's really risky, um, kind of gambling on something, it'll give you peril points. And if your peril points get too high, something bad happens to so your head gets cut off or whatever. And if you have a lot of credibility, that means people trust you. They like you. They will go along with what you say more often. And if you're making the right choices, they'll be very agreeable. So you'll find that like it's hard for people to say no to you. So you got to balance peril and credibility. You have to wear the right clothes to the right party. Um, and and on top of that, there's like all the Paris to explore. You can uh, you get to do one activity a day. So you can like rest. You can go to a party. You can um, go to the tailor shop and get new dresses. You can um, talk to a friend. There's multiple people you can talk to to build relationships with, like Persona style. Uh, there's also places like random events you can go to. You see like a big question mark and it'll be like, oh, a man needs help. Would you like to help him? And you don't really know what is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Is it, you know, who knows what? Um, and on top of that, you're like managing money and you're keeping your household running. There's a lot of like plates spinning at the same time, but I feel like it's all um, just enough to keep it interesting, but not so much that you feel overwhelmed. I feel like it's pretty easy to keep up with most of it. Um, and I feel like the story bits are a good balance for the menu bits and the menu bits kind of give you a little bit to sink your teeth into in your, in between story bits. So it's not just like a visual novel where you're just reading and it's not just like a menu game where you're just clicking buttons. Like it's a really good mix of both of those things. I think the setting of 18th century Paris is really interesting. Um, kind of reminds me a lot of card shark, which came out earlier this year. So I think we're really getting like, like 
18th century like renaissance in gaming right now i don't know what's up with that mm. um but i'm kind of i'm kind of digging that vibe right now and i feel like overall it's really really good i'm i'm digging it a lot and i'm very curious to see how this goes i feel like there's many different branches in the story and i feel like there's a lot to see um almost almost too much i feel like um there's no way I'm going to see everything in this game on the first pass through. Like, it's just impossible. Um, so I'm I'm very curious to see what crops up, what's going to matter. Uh, but I dig it so far. I, I like it a lot. I think it's uh, really interesting. And if you like visual novels or visual novels plus, uh, which is kind of my favorite thing, visual novels, but something else to do, uh, it's a really good one of those. I got a couple gripes, but what do you think so far, Carlos? Am I selling you or no? No. Um, Not at all. Yeah, okay. I almost I was putting a pillow down and thinking about a nap. But... Um... <laughs> It also says you can date people, though. That got my yes. interest a little yep, up. You can. Okay, interesting. Which is weird because you don't know what happened to your husband, right? So it's like right immediately he could the... still be around. Yeah. No, no, he's gone. He's gone. Let's hit the dance floor. Get some drinks. Uh, I got my good outfit on. Everybody thinks I'm credible. Let's get this party started. If you know what I mean, and what I mean is, I want to hook up. Um, that's interesting. See, now I'm out of my bed and put my pillow down. <laughs> But also, um, yeah, just a lot of menus, and I think a menu menu game has to be like the setting for me has to get me hooked, right? Like I was with you on the um, the sci fi one that we just that you love so much uh, that you love more than oh, I Citizen did. Sleeper, Citizen Sleeper. Oh, great game, yeah. Um, I liked it just a, a good amount, but I did like it because of the setting, and I wanted to know what was going to happen with the character and stuff. But yeah, I don't. This, this doesn't do much for me when it comes to setting, but uh, interesting. I mean, you know, it's for somebody. It's it's I dig it pretty good. I think it's pretty nice. I will say just really quickly, there's a couple downsides to it, though. Um, I started playing it on docked mode on the switch, which was fine. Uh, but when I took it in handheld mode, I do feel like the text is too small um, and I don't feel like uh, there's no there's no option to resize it. So I'm reading it and it's OK, but it's like it's kind of like uncomfortably small. Uh, and I realize like I'm older than some people out there or whatever. Uh, but I think that in a game like this, which is really text heavy. And on the Switch, which has a very small screen, you should be able to upsize the text. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, I will say there's also some UI issues, which I feel like need to be solved. Um, for example, your your lady gets tired. She gets fatigued if she goes to too many parties. And you have to manage um, how many parties can you go to or how much stuff can you do before you get too tired. Because if you get tired, you lose credibility because you look sleepy. You're slurring your words. You don't look like you're as convincing. Or you get in more danger because you're not being careful. So you have to be well-rested. And I honestly don't know how you find out how much fatigue you have. It's important. And I'm like, I don't see where it is. I wish there was like a stat menu or something mm. where I could just see how tired I am. Or even just like a, you are very tired today or you are not tired today. Like something, like give me something. Um, maybe it's there, maybe it's not, but I don't know where it is. There's also um, a gossip system where people will tell you gossip and you can sell it for money. It's, for me so far, it's my main source of money. Um, and I don't know how to find out what gossip I have before I get to the store. And this is important because you can only do one event per day. So if I get to the gossip store as my one event for the day and it turns out that I have the wrong gossip or not enough gossip, then I've wasted my turn for that day. And I, you know, like it's like, oh, well, I just I advanced the clock and I didn't really want to and I didn't benefit from it. So I want to be able to check those stats um, before committing because you're so strict on your time limits. Everything is on a very strict time limit. So that part... Um, need some work. Maybe there's, maybe I'm just not seeing something. Maybe there's a menu I don't know about. Uh, but that part is a little bit of a problem, not a huge problem, but kind of annoying. Uh, and the text is too small, but other than that, I'm really digging ambition, a minuet and power. I definitely want to finish this one. Um, having a pretty good time with it. Selling gossip for money is funny to me. It's um, funny too, because when you, when you sell it, it's like, 
there's a one in 20 chance that someone will know it was you that spilled. Do you want to still sell it? And like, you're always kind of gambling whether people are going to know it was you that squealed or not. It's pretty funny. Hey, put this on your radar, which I just stole from Skill Up. Sorry. He says that What's all the time. That? Uh, this, the developer does this game called Strange Horticulture. Oh, yeah, that one's on my radar as well. Yep, it totally is. So yep. it's the same developer, I think, um, uh, or the publisher. I will check it out. Yeah. I will check it out, yeah. All right, well, that's cool. So Ambition, Dominion, and Power, I think that one is a win. Long Live the Queen. It was almost a win, but I can't really say it's a win. I, I'm not really going to follow through on that one. But anyway, if you like princess games or you like 18th century uh, Europe, you're in for some good times this year. There's plenty to choose from. All right, now... The main event, the game that we delayed the podcast for, Carlos's big, exciting reveal. Carlos Rodella, what game is it that's got you so enamored this week, sir? Drum roll. It, it is Stray. Stray on PS5, right? Yep, PS5 and the PS5 version, which looks beautiful. Yeah, we saw videos of this, and you were hooked from the jump. You were like, I got to play that. This is where... All I know is you're a cat, and that's all I know about it, and, and uh, you're in the city. It looked pretty cool. So you've got a code from the developer. Thank you very much to the developer. Thank you very much. Who sent us a code for the purpose of talking about it on the show right now, which we are doing in real time. Um, I That's all I know. You're a cat, and that's all I know. So please fill us in on everything, although don't spoil any spoilers because we are still under embargo for story spoilers. But tell us about the game itself. Stray, what's up with being a cat? Oh, wait, how much story can I explain then? You, uh, I can't say it out loud. If you, okay. So don't, don't say anything about your companion. Don't talk about that. And don't talk about anything past the first couple levels. We're probably fine. Oh, wait a minute. So I, okay, this is like uh, in real time on the podcast, readjusting my idea for review. I can do it yeah. because that's what we do. You can do it. I believe in you. Sir. We're professionals. You um, I will say this. At high level... Uh, and I said this, I, I, so I, I finished the game, by the way. I fucking oh, you did? Finished How long it. was it? How long was it? I don't know. I didn't really care. I, I, I like put it down for a while because I didn't want it to be over, and I felt myself doing you know a lot of stuff. And um, I think I did it with like five, six settings, six evenings probably or something. Okay. So, okay, so maybe like 10 hours, maybe something like something that. Like that. Um, okay. There's more to do than I did. You know, that kind of thing where there's all these little mini side missions. Sure, um, sure. There's not a ton of side missions. There's just smaller things you could go looking for. And I didn't because I really wanted to know the story. And, um, but anyways, I finished the game. Was it last night? I think. And I go, that was a perfect game. Oh shit. That's it. It's, it's 10 out of 10. It's a perfect game. There's literally a couple cons. I'll say at the end that are not spoilery. And it's a perfect game. Now, the first thing and why I was always interested in this game is there's so many games I've played and we both played as cats. Um, I'm a big fan of cats. And I'm a big fan of playing cat RPGs and any kind of game that you can... Cat Simulator. I've played all of them, probably. Sure, sure. Um, but this one is the most realistic depiction of a cat, period. Now, that might just sound like, haha, that's interesting. But no, it's really difficult to do. Even to the fact of, like, if the cat's just standing there... You can see it like breathing, little you know, little cat breaths. Or if it decides to curl up next to something, it does it in a very cat way. Everything is cat. It's like a perfect cat simulator uh, when it comes to the body of the cat. Also, it feels so intuitive to to walk around and move as a cat. It's crazy. The game starts, which I can talk about, and you're with a bunch of other cats, and it's before you get separated from them, and the actual story starts. But it starts in the most perfect way. Like you're under like this bridge area and it's like raining out and it's very relaxing because you're instantly just relaxed, I feel like. And you're moving a cat around 
and you're like, you can hit triangle to play with the other cats and you just like go up to them and do different things. And then you can take a nap and you just like take a nap by the rain. And I was like, if it was just this, it'd be fine. You know, you're still in, I'm still still in. in. But of course what happens is, you know, you, you get separated from your cat friends and it shows you kind of like mini tutorial, how to jump around at things and stuff like that in the environment. And then you enter the city, which is the, the main game, which I don't even have to talk about much because it's a cyberpunk style, futuristic city. Yeah. Um, and we saw that in the trailer. We saw that in the trailer. And there's, you know, mainly like a lot of robots there, which is also in the trailers. And, you know, the ideas uh, that come from why you're there and what you have to go through are just awesome. But without spoiling that, it's really about um, just this beautiful, intuitive experience of being a cat. And, and even down to the fact of like anywhere you aim, you're like, you know, um, your vision, you'll see like a little X if you can jump to it. And it's weird because, you know, cats can jump unnaturally high or something, right? They can go really far. Further than you would think. Further than you think. You're like, I can't get up to there. But a cat can, you know? And so the cat will, like, look up, and then you'll be able to get to these crazy places. So a lot of verticality, right? Going up buildings and stuff like that. But even things like, you know, of course, the first thing you do is you run up to a table and you hit something off of it as a cat because it's funny. Ah, okay. I'm out. I'm out. Oh, I shouldn't have told you that one. I hate it when cats do that. <laughs> oh, you're I've, out because you're mad at the cats. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I've, you know, just a side note. I've, I've, we've had cats before, and I gotta say, it is, it is so enraging to me when a cat like knocks something off, or like, you know, knocks something off a shelf, or shoves something over. I just, I can't deal with it, and we don't have cats anymore. So, right. I, it is, it is, it is my out point. Okay, I get it, but it's not about that. This is the game's not about that. Okay. Um, but it is also again this really just cool like. There's a lot of little physics in the world, so you can like move around objects and hit things, and things will fall off. Um, I have a little uh, series of video collection I will be showing once this uh, podcast is up on Twitter, and I just captured all these moments that felt really good. But yeah, it's hard to explain without saying more story stuff why I like it. But I will say that the story is super engaging. Um, it all just feels like. Uh, just, I don't know, like perfect. And it doesn't overstay its welcome, right? Like that's the biggest thing. Right, right. When it wrapped, I was like, yep, that's the story. Uh, I totally get it now. It felt good and felt fun the whole time. Um, I, the only mini con is that uh, there is no map and it almost goes together with like the fiction of the, the world because you're a cat. Like it would be weird, I guess, if you're looking, checking a map all the time. Um, <laughs> cat map. Cat map. And so I got it lost a couple of times, but the, the, the environments that you're in, there's many different ones. They're not too huge. So you don't, you know, you can just backtrack. Um, and then there's also like points where they don't tell you specifically what to do. So you have to figure things out sometimes. But other than that, there's a couple of points that I was stuck at. But it, graphically, it is stunning. Like, yeah, just on par with anything else, I think is like an impressive PS5 showcase mm-hmm. because the coloring so different you know the varied levels um you, you're in some dank sewer it's dark it's beautiful and dark at the same time grotesque and the fidelity is there um everything is just awesome uh, bright colors and then oranges and yeah everything just feels great um the the, the cities feel alive and now i'm like again Stuck because I can't talk more about the story. Well, let me let me ask you a question because yeah. I know we've we've kind of hamstrung you. I know that you, you did. Were, I'm we're hamstrung. Still, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're still under embargo. That was part of the, the you know we have to agree to certain things before we can get a code, and that was one of them. Is we can't talk about 
very specific things in the story. And I know that you're, it probably makes it very difficult to talk about what makes this game good. Um, but as someone who doesn't know a lot about this game, let me just ask you a couple questions. then. so, uh, without spoiling anything, it seems to me like if I understand you correctly, so you're just playing a cat, um, and you're just like wandering around a city doing stuff. I mean, is there, can you describe in a, without spoilers, like any kind of like mission structure or like, what are you, I mean, what are you doing besides walking around as a cat? I mean, and jumping on stuff. What else are you doing? Yeah, that's important. I can talk about some of the mechanics, I'm sure. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, mechanics are okay. So at some point, you you know, and this was in the trailer too, that's what was interesting to me, is that you gain abilities. So, you know, you're basically, in, uh, what's the word I can think of? Um, interacting with the environment in different ways. So it's not just you just jumping on things and hitting things, although that's always funny to me. There's one story part, which I'm not talking about the story, but you have to like knock off this panel and get at these wires. It's a very cat thing to do, you know, again, oh, sure. annoying cat thing, but I'm the cat this time. So, so it's not annoying because you're cathartic. Yeah. 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 So I'm yeah. like biting up all these wires cause I have to, you know, and there's actually like L trigger thing to scratch. Uh, and by the way, you can do that almost anywhere, like on couches and stuff. And I like totally did it. And I was like, this is what I thought my cat was an asshole for, but now I'm doing it. It's funny. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cat things you could do with the environment. What? I'm just thinking, like, I wonder if your cat thinks it's funny. Like, you know, like, <laughs> they must think it's funny because they do it all the time. Oh, they think it's I'm hilarious. Just, like, they, they put you inside the cat's brain of, like, oh, this is hilarious. I'm going to knock this guy's drink over. They're really doing that. the fuck out of no, the sofa. There's like, a yeah. lot of that in this game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, even, like, some cathartic stuff. Like, there's just, like, a rug. There's, like, different rugs, and they can just, like, you scratch it just because you want to. Or, like, there's mm -hmm. a tree, and you can scratch the tree. And there's, you know, haptic feedback, so it feels good to do it. Um, but the, to the point, it is really kind of story driven. There are more things you can do, interact with the environment that really are about like gameplay stuff. So it's not just running around as a cat. Like you have like things you do in the environment that are. Can you give more. us like a basic like overview? Like I'm still kind of struggling to feel like to kind of place this in my brain. Like like what? Give us like a rundown of like one of the early missions. Like what is what is a, a typical mission? Well, for this I game? can if I can't talk about the companion. No, you can't talk about it. Okay. Well, I will say this: you can like. There are like enemies, kind of. There's like monsters that live in this world, not bi okay. not big monsters or anything, but they're just kind of annoying things, like rodents. Okay. And so they are around, definitely the very beginning of the game, and you know, essentially you're just running from them. You know, those kind of running missions for a while, uh, and that happens in games where you can't fight yet. But later on, you can fight a bit. So let's just say the cat can fight back. Okay. Uh, and so that's a really cool mechanic, which I can't talk about. But it's. I mean, uh, is, that, is there like actual like combat sections where you're like scratching rats and stuff? I can't talk about it. Now, I, again, I am <laughs> hamstrung, motherfucker. I am <laughs> hamstrung. But I will say this there's definitely like a combat, and it's kind of throughout the game. You know, it's just okay. like kind of when it makes sense. And that's really what I want, want to stress here is that everything works at, in context of the story. So as you're going from place to place and meeting different robots and different story bits are being revealed, you feel like the mechanics match it. You know, Here's a good example. This is nothing that's uh, spoilery. You're in a club one time, and you like have to like get to a certain area of the club, like the VIP section. But you're a cat, and you could jump different places, but you still can't get to this one room. What you have to do is um, you know, do things with levers, jumping on levers to make automated things go up and down, get someone to run at you and yell at you or something. And you get up into the rafters and then it's kind of platformy, right? And you're hitting different buttons to get on different platforms to get to that section. So that just happens in that environment, in this club. But I don't think I ever did that again, you know, like that, that specific style of 
puzzle solving. So there's puzzle solving. Do you feel solving. like the uh, the variety is pretty good? Like you're always doing something new? Yeah. I mean, it's attached to the idea of running and jumping on things for sure. But they all feel like it makes sense within the in the environment. And also, again, back to story stuff I can't talk about. There are things where you're collecting things for people, you know. Um, and, you know, by doing that, you're getting new stuff. I can't say shit about this game, but it is fucking great. And it is uh, a perfect game, I believe, 100%. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think all the mechanics work. And the only thing I wrote down, two cons. One was, no map. One was the map. The other one was the end of the game. I wanted to keep playing because I just love and adore these controls. Mm-hmm. And it's over, over. You so know? you can't go back and mess around. No, no. And over. I'm not going to do that bullshit like it's... You know, one playthrough for me is canon, so I'm not going to go through and like, I'll unlock the little things I didn't unlock. No, no, no. It's a beautiful, beautiful ending that I will talk about someday on this podcast, but uh, that's it. You know, credits roll and you can't go back. So I I was like, I want to just be in a free environment and run around as this cat, but I can't. Well, you know, it's unfortunate that we're cutting this so close to the embargo. Um, This is a really good intro um you know if you want we can probably i mean i bet when a week goes by we'll be fine to talk about whatever we just can't talk about it like initially so um let's just play it safe for now and if you want to bring it back to the show next week and talk about you know maybe like a brief end of the show spoiler section or something um i will probably do my best to play this game this coming week so you know maybe i'll want to talk about it maybe we can kind of tag team and revisit it with um less less restrictions on the spoilers i mean I, i feel like you're I feel like there are very big chunks of this game that you're not talking about, which uh, you can't talk about, to be fair. Yeah. So maybe we should come back on this in a week and we can, you know, pull the curtain back and talk more about that, uh, the things you're not mentioning. That sounds perfect, because until then, I will be, like, frustrated. <laughs> Just be sitting here in my room, knock, rocking back and forth. I need to talk about Shrey. I need to talk about Shrey. Um, yes, I think that's a good idea. And I think that's a still a good synopsis of what the game is. And it's a huge thumbs up, right? I mean, I called it It's a Perfect Game. Um, I don't say that ever. Yeah, you don't say that often at all. It really is. I feel like you won't like it as much. Again, you're already kind of like biased. You don't like cats. That's the thing. That's true. I got to get past my cat dislike. But it would be interesting. You come back. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about it. Spoilery. Um, I, I won't spoil like the ending for you if you don't want, but... All right. Well, cool. Let me, um, I mean, if it's only like eight or 10 hours, I mean, if I, if I click with it, I can probably try to find the time this week. We'll see. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know if it's possible, you know, I'm pretty busy, but we'll do what I can. I will definitely start it this week and let's come back to it next week. And I'm sure by that time, uh, we will be more free to talk about the other aspects of the game that you haven't mentioned so far. Okay. And, uh, we'll just, we'll circle back. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, folks, that is going to do it. We're going to end on a high note there and call this a show. As always, we want to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, at sovideogames. Hit us up individually as well. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Uh, Just go back to TikTok, if you will, please. Carlos Rodella, at Carlos Rodella, R-O-D-E-L-A. Thank you very much. All right. As for me, same as always, Twitter and Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. You hit me on Twitter, you're going to get uh, Game Talk and Politics. You hit me on Instagram, you're going to get action figures. So choose yes. choose your flavor and, and act accordingly. Uh, and that's going to do it uh, this week for episode 293. Thanks again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast, folks. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Bonzer from Carlos. I just like the B words. I just picked what? one. What? Bonzer? That's, that's, that's not even a word. It is. It's B. I said B word, and it said, I just picked a random one. It said Bonzer. Bonzer is first rate or excellent. 
sponsor. In the UK or something? I don't, just uh, says adjective, I bonzer. I never heard that rate. word in my life. Now we're going to take this apart for a minute. Hold on. Is this the Carlos Dictionary? Just Google. It's Google Dictionary. <laughs> it's, I, I, it must be in English. That sounds like a UK. Hold on, wait. I, okay, to be fair, I was using Microsoft Bing. Let me try it. No, oh, that's fucked up. Maybe try it on Google. Okay, bonzer. Oh, it's Australian. There you go. I knew that wasn't a regular Informal, word. Informal, but for excellent or first rate. So I'm going to say at the end of this episode, bonzer. And hello to all of our Australian listeners. I love Australia. We should do a podcast. Not those spiders, but everything else. Yeah. All right, that's a podcast. Mm